Pubs are being shut down. Pubs are being shut down. Gastro pubs galore. Gastro pubs galore. If you give them an inch, they take a mile. Do they change the way that we run ourselves and behave and relate to each other? That we have to fight for it, blade of grass by blade of grass, paving slab by paving slab. We have to fight for it, grain of sand by grain of sand. It's all changing. You can't demonstrate, you can't assemble, you can't hand out a leaflet, you can't make a speech. It's all changing. What they're doing is they're privatising us to death. Where does it end? Where does it stop? Where does it finish? It's all changing. Enough is enough. Social cleansing. They're pushing us away. It's all changing. They're destroying our culture, our fun, our life. We have to fight back, to fight back, to fight back. You can't say that away, can you? Hello and welcome to The Rebel Chronicles, The Radical Podcast. My name is Paul Case. And you just heard a few audio clips I cut up, played over dub number five by the excellent Cap Down. Uh, I did email Household Name Records, who released the album, uh, for permission, but they didn't get back to me, so I just decided to use it anyway. So, uh, sorry about that. Uh, the clips were taken from a video made by Leaf Films called Trespass, Punk on the Thames, which you can find on YouTube, and I highly recommend you seek it out. It's a documentary of a gig called Trespass, which was put on at the Thames Beach in London in September 2015, headlined by anarcho-punk legend Zoe Polloi. The point of the gig was to demonstrate against the increasing privatisation of public land, and I'll be talking to one of the organisers, Jay, later on. So we're talking about the privatisation of public land, and it's always weird, I think, being in an outdoor, supposedly public space, like a town square, and then be reminded that it's owned by someone. It's like you're being watched somehow, which isn't a difficult feeling to muster when there's CCTV and private security who are allowed to use reasonable force to kick you out. Suddenly you feel detached from the environment around you. You don't feel like someone simply enjoying a walk in the town. You're reminded that the person or persons who own that town square are somehow doing you a favour by letting you be in it. And then you realise that these persons actually carefully control the environment, whether it be through not being able to drink outside, homeless people being moved on because they blight the scenery, busking being licensed, protests being licensed, whatever. This means that you don't have any control over this so-called public space, and nor does any of the public, because it's not even controlled by the local government, over which you at least have a limited impact as you can vote them in and out. It's controlled by an entirely undemocratic corporation. So this is hardly a new thing in England. Uh, since at least the 13th century, there have been laws passed to monopolise land ownership and erode the freedom of the public to use that land collectively, and accordingly, there's been resistance to it. Up to the last half of the 19th century, the battle was mainly over the issue of enclosures, uh, the carving up of land for private interests, as opposed to keeping it open for communal use. 
and this communal use entailed innumerable things, farming, gathering firewood, hunting for food, feathers for clothing, reeds for making baskets, and so on. An essential point is that the land was always pretty much privately owned by the lord of the manor or what have you, but there was always non-written social contract which allowed for collective use. The enclosures threatened these ancient common laws and a whole way of life for rural labourers. The Peasants' Revolt in 1381, Kett's Rebellion in Norfolk 1549, the Diggers exactly a hundred years later in St George's Hill, the 19th century anti-drainage protests in the Fens. The UK's history is bursting with examples of people marching, sabotaging and rioting for the right to use the land without interference from private interests. The 20th century kept up this tradition nicely. In 1932 at Kinder Scout in the Peak District, a group of ramblers, sick of being kicked off lands by gamekeepers of the rich, organised a mass trespass of hundreds to protest against the limiting of public access to land. After five were arrested and given sentences of two to six months in prison, and despite vilification in the national press, there was a wave of public sympathy for the right to roam. And at the time, mass direct action was quite rare, and it offered future protesters a blueprint and an inspiration that can be seen in the trespassing blockades of the road protesters in the 90s and the anti-fracking protests of today. Obviously, I've skipped over loads and loads of stuff, but I just wanted to point out that uh, the powerful reckoning they can do what they want with the land is nothing new, and resistance to it is just as old. And trespass, the simple act of putting your foot on land which apparently isn't owned by you, inevitably becomes an attending act of rebellion against a property-obsessed society. And that leads us nicely up to 2015 and the aforementioned Thames Beach trespass gig. Uh, I went to the organiser Jay's boat to have a chat about it. Okay, so we're here with uh, Jay, who's an organiser for the infamous uh, trespass gig, which happened on, uh, when was it, Jay? September last year. Yeah, September last year, and, uh, well, we'll ask Jay about it in a bit, but we're talking about um, the privatisation of uh, public spaces, and yeah, so we're going to talk to Jay about that and the reasons why he uh, organised this gig. So... Take it away, Jay. What, why did you organise this gig? What's it about? Um, well, the beach gig started off as just a, a random idea. I went to a concert that was organised by Mark Thomas, a spontaneous comedy gig. He was organising, or he was involved in setting up his Trespass uh, comedy show, which he's currently on tour with. And um, it, as part of the whole process of him building up to that, it was organising small little events all around the country, where he basically tried to reclaim public space from corporate intervention and areas of public space that have been taken over by corporations. His basic kind of manifesto was that these places need to be reclaimed as public space in order to fight against the encroaching corporate takeover of public space and encroaching gentrification. And so one of these things he'd done was a, a walk down the Thames footpath on areas that should be public right away but have been increasingly encroached by corporations so we got a whole bunch of people to come together at tower bridge marched them all down south bank walked into an area building on the south bank that is part of the thames footpath 
that has been taken over by a corporation in the sense that they built on it. But the public have right of access to their balcony area that's still the Thames footpath. And you have to go through security and through the main doors of the building to get into the public right of way area. So we marched 200 people into up to this building, walked through, went out the back, sat down. The security guard happened to be away. When he came back from the toilet or wherever he was, he suddenly found 200 people sat in the balcony that was previously empty on a quiet Saturday afternoon and just sat up in a, a spontaneous comedy gig. So I just happened to be there sort of like checking out, listening to the comedy shows, and Josie Long was there and Attila the Stockbroker. It was an awesome gig. Part of that, Inside him talking about that and the reasons why I was doing it, he mentioned that there are these different areas of the city are still public spaces but have been taken over by the corporations. And one space that has not been touched was the beach of the River Thames. You can still publicly, or the public have right of access to the beach of the River Thames. And he was talking about how he'd gone down there with some friends and set up a little barbecue and was having a little bit of a party. And how the... Um, the police had come along, the river police, and tried to shut him down. They pointed out that, that their their jurisdiction ends at the river line, that they've got no right to shut him down, and they just went off. So I ch- chatted to him a little bit afterwards, and he was I was just questioning about the mechanics of how this worked out, and he said, yep, you've absolutely got a right, right to be there. They can't stop you from being there. You can do different things there, blah, blah. And I said, could I do a punk gig on the beach of the River Thames end? And his response was literally... You absolutely could do a punk gig on the beach of River Thames. And if you do, I want to be there. So that was a kickstart of it. I was like, right, let's go and find out if we can do this. We've mm. got some bands together, contacted some bands, contacted some different people in the punk scene that organise gigs and stuff, and just brought it all together. Told Mark Thomas, and he was absolutely game for it. And then that was it. We just set a date and went, right, let's go. Yeah. Wicked. It's a bit of a weird, it's weird isn't it? Because there's like kind of like a... Like, so the the Thames itself, like the Thames River, is uh, patrolled uh, by the... Uh, the, the Port, Port of London Authority. Port of London Authority. South Bank is owned by who? It's a, con- a sort of combination of different people. One of the main players is a trust called the Coin Street Trust. Um, between them and different corporations all along the South Bank will own different parts of it. And it's a bit of a mishmash. Different areas are owned by different interested parties from corporations and trusts yeah. all along the South Bank. So, but the beach itself, like the slither of stony, like beach in between these two privately owned things, is just completely. It's a grey public. It's a grey area. Oh, grey area! In the right. sense that technically it's public right of way. There's absolutely no restrictions on the public being there, so you can go down there whenever the tide's out. A lot of people do metal detecting and stuff. People go down there. A lot of the sand artists go down there when the beach's out down by the South Bank and build, you know, sand sculptures. Um, the Port of London Authority have some interest in vet, or vested interest in it in the sense that they claim to monitor it and take care of it. And you can get all your information on the tides and the, the do's and don'ts and, the you know, a device of what you should do down there and when you should be careful and stuff from the Port of London Authority. But from my understanding, they don't have a legal claim to it in the sense that it's a private space. They don't own it in the same way. You couldn't go on the land of Barclays Bank and just do a gig because they mm. have absolute private property rights. And same on the on the Thames Path itself. These trusts and people like that will be patrolled by security and stuff. The beach is a definite grey area. So that's mm. why we did the gig, to capitalise on the grey area and reclaim it for the public space. Mm. 
So people have been using it kind of before as a um, just no own, I suppose, in their own like, small individual way, just as a public right of way. Um, so why 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 is this? Why do the gig? Why is it? Why is this different? Why make it public? Well, this came off the back of the reclaim the beach parties in some ways that. Back in the past, over the last sort of ten years or so, there's been groups of different sort of free party organisers just setting up and doing gigs down, doing not gigs but doing uh, bringing down sound systems and just having a party and sort of reclaiming that public space. So there's a bit of a tradition going on, but that faded out to some degree due to police harassment and all sorts of issues around you know safety and stuff like that. But the lack of public activity on the space leads to it being encroached upon by corporations and by authorities that will police the area and because there's still it's such a gray area it's important to keep keep going back there and keep going on to these places and reclaiming them putting the stake in the stake in the ground to say this is a public right away mm. so yeah so how was uh so I, I was there and i remember like one of the uh one of the weirdest things about it was you kind of had all these sort of like crusty punks on the beach in this like and this fantastic spectacle spectacle and it was and it was a spectacle because uh, <laughs> all the tourists all around the edge was like on the Thames Park just just watching and that was that was such an amazing feeling you know I felt like that was that that's what made it to me um, just expanded it beyond like just kind of like a normal kind of like late night beach party where no one's around because it was done during the day you know, it was kind of a late afternoon into the early evening gig and I felt that like um having uh that as like such a public spectacle like really elevated it above like kind of like beach parties just a bunch of kind of crusties just sort of smashing some acid and listening to some side trance or something I thought it was like I thought it was very uh yeah I thought it ended up being like a quite a like a powerful public very very public statement that it turned out security just kind of not not really many people did so much about security just kind of rocked up didn't they and they at the beginning they didn't do, do very much did they uh, i think this ties into that gray area they wanted to know what we were there for and what permission we'd sought and we just told them that we were here to do this event we had stewards all lined up people in high-vis jackets were keeping an eye on safety and stuff like that we knew the time of the tides and we were just there to do it so they took a step back and with them as you say, with the tourists coming on mass, because the South Bank is obviously a huge tourist area, but historically it is an area of great cultural significance. You know, you've got the South Bank Centre and the is it a National Theatre and things like that are all down there. It's a space that's always been dominated by culture, but because as time goes on, the increasing encroachment of corporations and authority and sort of like standardisation of these areas means that it becomes much more a controlled area. Mm. So events like that would need normally need to seek permission. If that was to happen on the South Bank walkway itself, you'd need permission written in triplicate by different parties where the grey area of the beach was claimed as like, we, we want our public space. We have the right to come here and do this. We have a right to come here and say what we want and be here. So we really reclaim that public space. And the spectacle that came out of it was fantastic because, as you say, it wasn't just a party. It was an actual political statement as well as being a party. So we had a whole bunch of people sort of... With Mark Thomas, obviously, a famous vocal activist, was there highlighting the cause of uh, reclaiming public space. We had the bands making statements. And it really influenced the surrounding area because of the tourists walking past just on their daily, you know, 
Saturday evening strolls and stuff like that, checking out all the cultural things along the South Bank from Waterloo Bridge's bookstalls under Waterloo Bridge up to the South Bank and the Fuskers and the stalls. They suddenly descended upon this thing with loud boy music and punk music shouting out and blaring across. And they were just sort of like come across it and wondered what the hell's going on? Let's stop and have a look. And they got to hear all this sort of like political message about the encroachment of corporate agendas into our cities and the loss of public space. The weird, the weird thing about the South Bank, uh, I think personally, is it like it has quite it has a reputation for like all street entertainers and things like that. And I, you know, there's lots of there's lots of amazing street entertainers down there. Um, but even that's kind of carefully managed and controlled, and it's a bit weird because it gives it like kind of the illusion of spontaneity. No fault of the street of the individual street entertainer at all themselves. It's because they have to apply for permission, have to apply for licenses, and so on. They have like a book spot at a certain time, and and so on. And so it gives us like a illusion of spontaneity. Um, yeah, like I say, that's actually quite tightly controlled. But the gig, the gig itself, like you said, like uh, the South Bank is so homogenized to an extent. It's such a a, a, a tightly kind of regimentally controlled space. But like the gig uh, sort of ruptured that normality, didn't it? It ruptured that kind of um, homogenisation. I mean, I think that gives yeah. people, um, you know, it gives it gives the people watching it. It gives the, uh, incidentally, like the people who are watching it, incidentally, like the tourists. It gives them like uh, an amazing buzz to see something that's actually genuinely spontaneous. How did the gig work out in your view? What? Uh, I think how, how do you how do, what? You reflect on it. You think about it. Like, what, 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 what feeling? What feeling did it leave you with? Over the moon is the only description. In the sense that all the organisers, everyone was involved. And there was a few different parties. There was BSI Studios supplied all the backline, and they really helped pull the whole thing together. The bands all played for free. They just wanted you know a few expenses to travel down. Obviously, Oi Polloi we brought them all the way from Scotland as being one a major voice. And one, and one of them from Finland. And one of them from Finland, mm -hmm. singing "Living in Finland" now. So we had a few expenses to shell out for that, but essentially it was just about bringing a band that have got a history of protesting in the favour of public space. And Oipaloi are famous for their songs against the encroachment of corporations in Stonehenge. They've got songs for Free the Henge and stuff like that. Um, bringing those people together and trying to create that spontaneous vibe was... The fact that we pulled it off was amazing. And I still remember to this day that time when we pulled up in the van, we pulled up on the road just alongside the South Bank and the three of us in the van with all the gear in the back, ready to rock up and get set up, just looked at the thousands of tourists piling past, and we just looked and went, and this sense of quiet descended upon us. All the excitement of the drive down just evaporated in a second to, oh God, what the hell are we doing? And the guy sitting next to me just said, you've got some big balls. And I said, yeah, let's go. And we jumped out of the van and just had to pile through. So barging tourists out of the way while we lug big speakers and PA systems and all that over the wall down the steps onto the beach and tried to set up in a corner. It was just a real a real buzz got going instantly. And so once it was all underway and people started pouring up and suddenly you had people with mohawks and dreadlocks and all that sort of stuff and patch jackets and all that sort of stuff turning up on the beach ready for a show to begin and the tourists stopping and looking around and seeing what the hell's going on down there from up, up high. And there's a beautiful spot in the area we were on the South Bank where there's a, an old kind of old rickety pier that sticks out. It was obviously once part of the docks. Um, sticks out and you can still walk down it and have a nice view out on the river. That whole pier all the way down and then all the way along the wall of the river was just 
covered in tourists looking down upon us. And so as the gig got going and the statements were made and all the bands were pointing out why they were there and, you know, the reasons for being there and you know, the whole cause of the day was just sort of vocalised through the speakers and went throughout the place. It had a real powerful impact that I think everyone felt and everyone came away from the day just absolutely buzzing with that was something special. That was absolutely something special. And the first thing we got from people afterwards saying, okay, when's it happening again? So have you, have you actually planned the next one yet? Or It's in the works. It's in the works. We're still working on trying to get the lineup sorted. We've got a band confirmed. Mark Thomas has agreed to come back. He's really keen to make it a regular event because we feel that all the time that there is this chance to recreate public space and this stuff needs to be spread throughout the country. So Mark Thomas is busy doing different things in all different places from protesting against swearing laws by getting whole groups of people to get together and sing sing a choir songs as just a whole series of swear words because you can't arrest a hundred people in a choir singing swear words even by any swear, swear yeah, any laws you try and introduce are just shown as ridiculous through that sort of action mm. really putting the pressure on all elements of authority that try and encroach on public right of access to public right of space and public right of gatherings and stuff like that so we're still working on it and trying to pull it together it's going to happen again in September the details are yet to be announced but you should keep an eye out for it alright so being a bit secretive for now definitely alright so yeah so just to I suppose just to finish off what a what advice would you give to anyone else who wanted to uh, uh, just rock up and like put on a gig or any event on the on the Thames Beach? What advice would you would you give them? Well, I think the biggest part of the advice would be to just have the guts to go and do it because that was a real lesson from the day was with the encroaching corporation or corporatization of public space, the presence of security everywhere that makes you feel that even in your you're in a public space. You're not. It's not a public space, as you were saying earlier. It's still controlled to a mass degree, and a South Bank, which is like you say, like a very spontaneous vibe, is still massively controlled. You've just got to go in there, set up, and just try and pull it off. And when the authorities come calling, you point out that you have a right to be there, and it's by vocalising that right to be there that those rights remain. Going back to the Ramblers, who spent was it in the thirties when the big Ramblers movement were just ploughing through Britain and going through tracts of land that were owned by big lords and stuff. The whole reason they were doing that was just to plough through the public right of way and say that, yeah, you might own this huge tract of land, but this pathway has been here for hundreds and hundreds of years and we will carry on maintaining it. And if you don't carry on walking those pathways, they eventually get taken over. And, you know, the lords and the owners and the landholders eventually stop you from accessing that. So it's important to keep doing it. So anyone who wants to do these things, and I genuinely do encourage anyone to look for different spaces beyond the beach you know the beach is just one space in london we can do this we can do this all over the place where we can set up and try and reclaim public space to just get in there and do it and if you get shut down you get shut down if you get shut down you just got to do it again set up somewhere else and just keep pushing through because if by keeping those spaces open by rambling through the fields by setting up gigs in the most obscure places where gigs wouldn't normally be found that we tell the authorities that be that we we own this city, we're in charge. This is the people's city, not some corporation city, and we need to keep it that way. Stirring words indeed. Thank you ever so much for being interviewed on the Rebel Chronicles. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Welcome to the human race. And there we have it. Thank you ever so much for listening to the Rebel Chronicles. My name's Paul Case. 
and we're going to finish up on a song now and well what else oi polloi's take back the land (laughs) 